It's like for <laughs> Superman. Exactly. Glasses on, library superhero. Glasses off, hockey writer. Welcome to another episode of My Nameless Podcast. This time we are talking with Maddie Campbell. Um, I just assume that everyone that is listening to this is a Broad Street Hockey person. So I know you already know who Maddie is. But just in case, Maddie is our main writer, really. She is the one that is in the press box and the locker room for us. She writes all of our game observations, the meaty stuff about hockey games. Maddie, how are you doing? Just lovely. How are you? Great. Thank you. And Maddie is also the second along with Brad, who was the first one to do this stupid podcast, um, the second of our Phantoms experts. So she knows a ton about them, which I personally love that these two are doing so much Phantoms work because I don't get to see the Phantoms. So it's nice to know that we have people that are super smart paying attention to them, and then I can steal their thoughts and sound really smart, (laughs) (laughs) which is what, that's my whole brand is just stealing other people's thoughts. That's what we're here for. Someone once, I think someone put that in one of the, uh, the iTunes comments for the regular podcast that I just like repeat what Charlie says and it like scarred me for a solid week and a half <laughs> I was like it's not like a bad thing you can know but... the good thoughts and use them yeah like I just it nev- like obviously see the problem is that Charlie's right about a lot of stuff so then if I'm also right about a thing then it just seems like I'm stealing Charlie's thoughts but then I was like do I actually steal Charlie's thoughts I don't know it was like really both can be right Maybe, yeah. Like more than one person can be right, in my opinion. Yeah, but on a sports podcast, the man is the right one. And mm. the woman stealing the man's thoughts. I don't want to be that person, but, you know, sometimes. <laughs> so I'll ask you the same first question that I ask, I've ask. i asked everyone, which is, um, how did you get into hockey and why do you like it so much? Um, so it's sort of weird. I... Hockey is always something I remember being on in my house, but I never really cared about it all that much until I got to like middle school, I guess. Mm. Um, And then I jumped on the bandwagon uh, during the 2010 cup run because I'm a horrible bandwagoner, I guess. But I see, I love a bandwagoner. It's how it happens. Like at some point you're not a fan and then you become one. Like, yeah. It's it's yeah. just like this whole weird thing around it, I think. I know a lot of people are like, I was born a Flyers fan. I've been watching hockey since I was an infant and like all this stuff. And it's to each their own, I think. But Yeah, those people are annoying. Like, yeah. yeah. If more hockey fans means more fun for us, which yeah. is like want. Um, also incredibly depressing that you were in middle school during the 2010 cup run. Not like 100. Yeah, I'm not fully awake enough to do the math on that. Yeah, this isn't an important podcast, so nothing about it needs to be correct or (laughs) accurate or even that interesting because I said the other day when I was doing this with Albert, I just kind of like briefly mentioned that we might get political and like if you don't want to hear that you might want to turn it off but then also let people know that since they were already listening I was already getting paid so I didn't care (laughs) they turned it (laughs) off at that point same here if you don't want to listen to me and Maddie be dumb you can turn it off but I've already gotten my 20 cents out of you so thank you something like that 
I forget what it is, two cents or 20 cents. I can't remember. Um, yeah. So the first thing I wanted to ask you, um, cause I kind of, I'm what, so you have been our press box person for a while. Um, so obviously you're super focused on the flyers, but I'm wondering what made you want to dive so deep into the phantoms? Really? It kind of happened by accident. I, my first season, uh, covering the team with, uh, with BSH was the flyers got eliminated early in the the first round of the Mm -hmm. playoffs, but the phantoms were still going and they had started a little bit later. So I just remember asking Steph if like, Hey, do you want me to help Brad with the Phantoms coverage? Because, like, why yeah, aren't we doing anything yeah. anymore? <laughs> uh, so I ended up starting to go to some games up there and just really love the whole environment. I think also there's something sort of rewarding about getting to watch the prospects and, like, the kids are growing up. And <laughs> when they make it to uh, to the NHL, it's really exciting. So I don't know. A, it wasn't really something I was planning on getting super into but I just got sucked into it um yeah I mean I totally got that because like the phantoms were back when they were in Philly they were my first real obviously I had started with the flyers on television is how I got Mm -hmm. into hockey um during the Lindros era but my first foray into live hockey because I was like in high school and they were super cheap and easy to get to was phantoms games so I went to a ton of Phantoms games and really fell in love with AHL, AHL hockey, which at the time was quite a bit different from NHL hockey. Um, it was still a bit of a like a goon fest. It was kind of like a little bit slap shoddy at, <laughs> at that time. Like it was it was still that kind of scene. So that plus the fact that um back then and I still think kind of now like those players are just so much more accessible um and like when you're the age that I was they're kind of like almost your age a little bit so it's like it was kind of just like a really nice entry point into kind of like really loving hockey for me so I have I'm always gonna have a soft spot for the phantoms I really hate that they're all the way in Allentown because it's such a pain in the ass to get there um but you know it's better than where were they before the Adirondack Mountains yeah better than there (laughs) yeah um and that's a really good point that you made too like I think one of the cool things about working with the prospects I mean we're getting a little bit further away from that now is they're still like 18 years old when they get drafted and I'm getting older but so many of them are about the same age as me so I think it makes it a little bit easier to like chat and relate and yeah talk to them like they're normal people and all that so in that vein, what do you find um, for you is the biggest difference between covering an NHL team and covering an AHL team? I don't know. I think, I think any. I think the big difference really is just AHL games feel so much more low key. But mm-hmm. I think part of that is just because we don't have the same number of media um, yeah. around. So it's like two or three of us who will hop down after the game and talk and it's everything just feels a little bit more relaxed I mean obviously still very professional because it's your job but it's just Mm -hmm. a little bit less like running around trying to make sure you get all your quotes and all of the things yeah Um, 
Okay. Um, so you are, you and Brad both, um, together and separately, I think, are doing some tracking stuff for the Phantoms. Is that right? Yes. Um, why don't you just, like, tell people a little bit about that? Um, so the stuff that I'm doing is more, like, neutral zone transition stuff. So I track, uh, zone entries and exits, and that's just basically how often individual players are breaking the puck out with control and entering the offensive zone with or without control and doing percentages with that. Um, and that's just kind of your short way to grade out how well they're doing in transition. Um, Brad and I also did a deep dive power play tracking project that we might revisit at some point <laughs> to be determined. Um, but that's been kind of the big thing. I've all got nothing but time, Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> like, extremely. Um, did you guys decide to take this on because that kind of data is just not available for AHL teams? Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for Brad necessarily because he started before I did. Um, but for me, that was the big piece is with player evaluation at the NHL level, we do have kind of a wealth of advanced stats and you want to be able to compare prospects to maybe NHL players and what they could become, but it's just, it's so hard to do when you don't have the same data to compare. So that was a a big part of that for sure. That makes sense. Um, Not to put you on the spot at all, but one of the things that I thought would be cool um, when talking to you a little bit is if maybe you could give people kind of like a little like walk through behind the scenes kind of like what it is to be a person in the press box to go down into the locker room post game. Like, cause I think the only thing that most of us know of that world is that we see the press scrum with everyone's microphones being held out and a player giving a little bit of a blurby quote situation and then they go away. Um, So that's really, I think as someone who has never been in Well, I sat in the press box once, but not as press. I forget how this happened, but that's not important. Um, So, like, most of us don't have that experience. And so I was wondering if maybe you could just kind of take people through, like, what a normal work day at a Flyers game is like for you. Um, So for me, I will usually get there pretty early um, because my afternoons are pretty free with my day job work schedule um so I'll get there a little before uh warm up start and putz around work on various other things that I have on deck for the week um but yeah I a lot of it feels like kind of what everybody else is doing like we'll watch warm-ups to see what the lines are maybe and we watch the game like everybody else just in person and take notes and everybody's doing a little bit of a different thing in terms of what their content looks like for the game. So um, everybody's kind of doing their own thing that way, but there's that. Are you ever, do you ever find yourself like accidentally when something super good happens, just kind of being like, <laughs> like you have to like contain your excitement? Um, A little bit, but not too bad. I'm not like a yelly person okay, anyway. Yeah. So when something good happens, I don't feel that instinct to sh- like shout, yeah, cheer. <laughs> um, 
that's just, I think, how my brain is wired. But I definitely will get, like, smiley or something when something good happens. I think I mentioned in our Farabee write-up for the 25 under 25, every time he gets lined up to take a big hit, my whole body tenses up. (laughs) Like, stuff like that. And what's it like then post game when everyone heads down to the locker room? It's um, it can be a little chaotic because everybody's usually rushing to the one player that they pulled aside um, to talk to at that time. We'll get a normally with like towards the end of the third period, one of the PR guys will walk down press row and ask who we want to talk to, and he'll come up with a short list so we know ahead of time who they're going to be grabbing. Okay. Um, and they'll just do that one at a time as everybody's kind of getting out of their gear and getting their lives together. Um, so everybody does their their huge scrum situation. Um, and if there's a lot of people, that can be a little bit overwhelming, at least for me, because this is not conveyed in an audio format. But, like, I'm a tiny person. And, like, <laughs> people running around me, I get a little bit frazzled. Um, yeah, and I would imagine most of the people in that locker room are incredibly large human beings. Yeah, I definitely have to be extra aware because I've noticed times where like people are taking off their like pads or something and they're reaching around up at the top of their lockers and elbows are about head level for me. So it's like <laughs> head on a swivel for me. Lots of tall people and it's dangerous. Who's your favorite person, favorite player to talk to? Um that's a really good question. I think I always feel like I get better interview stuff in general um, at the like prospect camps or phantoms level. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like I said, it's a little bit more low key. Um, NAK has been a really good interview whenever I've talked to him. Um, right. And now I can't think of like a single player. <laughs> is Kevin Hayes actually fun or is that just an act he um, seems fun I think so yeah. our access is a little bit limited but mm-hmm. he seems like a, a good guy And yeah. is Nolan Patrick actually an asshole <laughs> you do not have to answer this question I already know the answer in my heart, <laughs> in my heart I know the answer which is funny because God, I'm saying so much negative Nolan Patrick stuff recently that I'm going to A, get roasted online by someone <laughs> and B, fired by Steph Driver. Um, remember that story like ages ago that someone was like, I tried to get him to autograph a drawing that my son made or whatever it was. And they were like, he wouldn't do it. And he was such an asshole. Oh, and at my the time, God. I was like, That's ridiculous. That didn't happen. What an absurd story. And now I think about it. I'm like, yeah, he probably did. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Listen, I think that particular story sounds a little overblown. Like, it's just hard for me to process that whole situation happening in real life. But the details of that one were a little bit exaggerated. But I feel like the uh, the main thrust of the story may have been accurate. But I digress. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to be really quiet on that one. Yeah, don't say anything because we don't both need to get fired by Steph Driver for being <laughs> Nolan Patrick. <laughs> I'll take the heat. <laughs> um, to shift away from hockey a little bit, um, 
you mentioned that you have a day job like all of the rest of us, which I like to point out because I do feel that there are a fair number of people who like interact with us on Twitter and stuff like that who think that this is just like our really fun, cool job that we do. And it's like, well, actually, we make like, <laughs> If you probably graded it out by hour, like we probably make like 75 cents an hour for our labor and we all have other jobs um, that we do on top of all of this stuff, which is why you should appreciate us so much. Um, But in your real life, you are a librarian, right? Yes. And so since these are the end times and no one has anything to do but try to fill their time with media pretty much. what do you suggest, like, how would you, how can I word this? So, like, let's say you're somebody who doesn't read very much. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, perhaps I will use this time to read a book. How would you suggest someone go about, like, finding out what kind of book they would like? Like, do you just um, go to Amazon and do a search? Like, what would you say people should do? I mean, you could do a search for read-alikes. I think Google will just generate some of those. I'm a big fan of Goodreads, the website, um, where it's really cool. You can pick out a couple. One book at some (laughs) point and enjoyed. Um, So if you pick out one or a couple and put them together, it'll generate a list of books that they think you might enjoy based on that so you can kind of scroll through there and a bunch of people make different like themed or genre lists that you can peruse um I think that's been the most helpful tool for me in trying to find new stuff because I can be a little bit picky personally but I had not ever heard of that that actually sounds like a really cool thing that I will probably check out as soon as we're done doing this because like for me um like now that the library is no longer an option. Um, it's like a, you know, it's a commitment. You buy a book, you don't know anything about it. Like, unless it's like a personal recommendation from someone that you know. It's hard to just like decide, okay, I'm going to spend 20 bucks on a book and cross my fingers that I don't hate it. Yeah. You know, because at the library, at least you can like peruse and take it out for free. And if you hate it, you just bring it back and no big deal. Um I actually have become quite a library person since moving to Halifax and I miss it so much. It's <laughs> very depressing. Mostly because the library here is like an extremely beautiful building in a really nice place. And I just hung out there all the time. <laughs> so now I miss doing that. But, you know, small. That's a small problem to have, I guess, in these trying times. Yeah. Um, What is your favorite book? Oh, man. I get this question so much and I never know how to answer which is like feels like a weird thing to say but I I love Elena Ferrante's Neapolitan novels it's a four book series I think they just made the first one into like a series on HBO oh it's um my brilliant friend oh yeah 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 yeah. I remember seeing that yeah that was really fantastic um as one I got really into when I was in college, and I don't know if I've mentioned, but my major was English, and I had a creative writing uh, concentration, so I was doing a lot of creative writing and also writing about craft and your own personal writing process. Um, mm-hmm. 
one book that somebody recommended to me when I was in school is I'm pausing because I know everybody's going to have a laugh about this, but it's called I Love Dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's letters to a person named Dick, not like anything really right. spicy uh, in the way that the title might suggest, but <laughs> it's um, it has a lot of really interesting talks on like feminism and how women in art create and how that work is received and I think that has influenced a lot of my general writing practice um, outside of hockey stuff obviously Um, so that was one that I I really enjoyed as well do you still find yourself writing not hockey things occasionally but definitely not as much Um, every once in a while I will find something that I had written in college and I'm like oh I should get back to this and I miss it so (laughs) much but I just don't have as much time well now I do (laughs) you can write a novel now Maddie yeah we have all of the time yeah I was also an English major in college um but not creative writing I was more just like one of these people that read all of the things and then wrote papers about them (laughs) on which I was graded in hindsight um it's very useless use of my time and resources as far as higher education goes. But I liked, like, I loved it, which is why I decided to major in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like one of those things where this is why you don't let 17-year-olds make decisions that affect their entire <laughs> lives. Because it was like, I really love reading books. I'm going <laughs> to do that for college. And then, like, no thought, thought like, outside of what was going to happen after that. So, um, yeah. but anyway. I found myself drawn a lot to um, nonfiction work, Mm -hmm. particularly somehow I got really into um, a lot of Victorian era nonfiction that, shockingly enough, was kind of like politically sort of like philosophical, societal, like stuff, mostly kind of, I'm trying to think of um, one of the authors that I used to like a lot and of course I can't and I should have thought of this before but (laughs) I like I don't prepare for these shows at all so um but yeah I just I I don't know why it is like I started out as a reader I think like most people reading kind of the classics that are assigned to you in school the lower levels of school um so obviously all fiction for the most part but somehow I found myself as I've gotten older more drawn to nonfiction. And I don't really know why, because fiction is always, I think, a little bit more fun than nonfiction, just like necessarily because you can just make shit up and it's often, you know, a bit more either dramatic or exciting or fun than real life normally is, which is most of the draw, I think, of books and stuff. Um, but yeah, do you do you like any nonfiction stuff? I know you were just mentioning that the book about um, women in creative arts but is there anything else you like reading nonfiction wise um that one's actually a novel I should have mentioned oh, is it? um which was part of the the charm of it is you get you the reader is kind of tricked into thinking that it's an autobiography in some way but oh. that's like the trap that you're supposed to fall into it's a novel I fell right into it <laughs> I haven't even read it I fell right in gotcha um okay. yeah yes, I do don't like any I don't read a ton of nonfiction, relatively speaking. Um, if I do pick anything, it's going to be more 
historical based. Um, like I just read a couple of months ago, um, in the garden of beasts, which is Eric Larson, just like as based on the, uh, like American embassy in Berlin as the Nazis were rising to power. Okay. It's like kind of a snapshot of how you get from like a general political ideology just happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And you think it's sort of innocuous to like just straight up fascism and people being beaten in the streets. And it's, it's interesting because I'd never seen it really from that perspective of how things escalate in that way, um, which I really enjoyed. Sounds like something people should read now. I don't know. Yeah. Somehow I always end up getting political. I think it's because I'm so worked up about everything right now. Which but is like fair. Yeah, I've actually I've not read anything specifically about it, but I have read kind of like little anecdotes about how quickly it went from like, you know what? We should think about German people first. We should protect German interests. Like it went from that to, you know, trying to eliminate an entire race of people like super fast. And I think a lot of people didn't even realize it was happening, mm-hmm. um, which like, you know, without saying anything out loud here, I think we can all kind of, you know, maybe think that that feels modern in some way. So, you know, we learn from the past. Sure do. Yeah. Or you're doomed or whatever. <laughs> On a happier note. <laughs> <laughs> so one of like the extremely dumb things I'm doing on this show is I'm doing, a, we'll call it a segment, where I ask people the kinds of incredibly stupid and embarrassing questions that the internet advises oh you ask people on dating apps. <laughs> like these are supposed <laughs> to be like the good opening questions so that you get a response. Oh, um, man on tinder so i found a website with like 120 of them i would say 98 of them are absolutely fucking terrible and if anybody asked me any of these questions i'd be like oh god one um but one of the ones that i hadn't asked anyone before i asked stuff the other day um is what is on your nightstand right now i I look across the room (laughs) <laughs> what random shit is on your nightstand? <laughs> what do I have over there? Um, I think I don't have like a proper nightstand, so it's just like whatever weird hodgepodge is sitting on my windowsill, <laughs> just next to my bed. I have a bunch of dried lavender. Oh, very fancy. Uh, a thing of nail polish and a book. Important question: What color is the nail polish? I think it's red. Excellent. I painted my nails red the other day. They're already chipped and it makes me want to kill myself. It's horrible. As soon as I get like a chip, like all of it has to come off immediately. I cannot have a chip nail. Drives me crazy. (laughs) Um, Let's see. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Ooh. Probably teleportation. Feels like a good one. I've spent so much time commuting just in my already still very young life, and it's a disaster. I would love to be able to just snap my fingers and be at my destination. It would save me so much time. 
I'm just so I don't think I've scrolled through this entire list, but I just want to point <laughs> out some of them that this website is suggesting that you say to people. Let's go. Hi, I like hugs. They're the best. I just want you to imagine this is someone's opening line to you on a dating app. You seem super duper. I don't know who wrote those, but they might have been 87 years old. <laughs> um, let's see. I was more excited to see your profile photo than pizza, and I really like pizza. See, if someone said that to me, I would assume they were a serial killer, and I would immediately block them. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, I'm like, like, am I mean? That's an immediate, like, goodbye block to me. extremely creepy. Yeah. Like, and I'm generally the kind of person who, like, like, I did this with Steph, and she went on about how, like, she can't stand when people just do the hey or hi or what's up opener. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I'm, like, fine with it because, like, first of all, it's fucking hard to think of something to say to someone. And I'm just happy if one of these idiots is the one that says something first because most of them don't because they're all <laughs> a bunch of cops. Um, but, um... So I'm, I'm like, willing to engage with someone who just says, hey, and just kind of figure out what happens before I decide that they're awful and I don't want to talk to them anymore. Um, but some of these, I would absolutely be like, oh, no. No, 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 no. Number 49, hey there, good looking. What you got cooking? Oh, no. <laughs> Someone's grandmother wrote this list. Yeah. For sure. Hello, I'm awkward. How about you? Okay. No, thank you. Oh, God. Um, Rar means hello in dinosaur. Rar. Oh, my God. Point. Could you imagine? I haven't I heard that in, like, 10 years. I swear to God. I don't know how I missed all of these, like, the first six times I looked at this website, but these are hideous. Oh, they're horrible. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I'm definitely with you. Like, I can handle, like, the, hey, what's up? It's fine. As long as it's nothing like this. No, this is bad. Like, like random, out of the blue, very vulgar. Those are. Openers. And I'm just like, Those goodbye. are the best. I'm like, who is this working on? No. Like, who did that work on? Must have worked on someone. Ugh. The, the poop ones were my favorite ones that I ever got. <laughs> Those were the best. <laughs> Boys. Word of advice. If you are doing dating apps and you would like to meet a lady, do not say, hey, gorgeous, ever want to shit on a dude? (laughs) I mean, I know, not to kink shame, but, you know, you don't want to open. Don't open with the pooping. (laughs) No, you got to work up to that one. You got to ease in a little bit. (laughs) All right, let me find another one that's not awful to ask you. Um. (laughs) Let's see. What is the nerdiest thing about yourself you're willing to admit? I don't know if anything's, like, secretly very nerdy. That's like, the other my thing, whole like... life is books and data tracking. Like... Yeah, right? Like, I, I've asked this one a couple of times, and every time I do, people are like, well, I'm just, like, a, I'm a fucking nerd. Like, everybody knows already. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> like, who's hiding their dorky stuff anymore? It's just, like, especially if you're a Twitter person. Like, you... That's all that we do there is expose mm-hmm. the worst parts about ourselves. <laughs> That's why it's so great. Um, one more. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, my God. 
It's a tough one. I have no idea. I'm gonna. I have to... absolutely no idea. Let's see. Who is very small and cute? That is famous. <laughs> I was talking to Steph about something the other day, and I was trying to make a joke, and then I just couldn't think of a single actress to finish the joke. And that's <laughs> I'm still on that same level. I can't think of a single person. <laughs> that is kind of like what happens. I don't think I know how tall any of these people are, but I feel like your person has to be small. I'm going to think about it. If you think of any small and cute actresses, please at me because that's <laughs> that's going to play Maddie in a movie. Although maybe a fictional Maddie is tall. Mm. You don't know. Could be. Could be. Keep your <laughs> options open. Um, okay. Last thing we're going to do, which is actually my favorite part of this, <laughs> is I, everyone has to do a fuck, Mary kill. And I tailor these specifically for the person. Because I'm an excellent podcast host. <laughs> so I certainly won't ask you to fuck, Mary kill the Flyers or the Phantoms because that's unprofesh. Yeah, that's it. I think that's a conflict of interest. But, but as far as I know, you don't cover the Colorado Avalanche. And I know that all of the youths say that the Colorado Avalanche are the best looking hockey team. <laughs> we did so- just have this discussion, too. Yeah, we are going to fuck, Mary kill some members of the Colorado Avalanche. And I'm yeah. going to go Tyson Yost, um, Nova Scotia's best boy, Nathan McKinnon, and uh, let's go with, I'm looking at pictures. I don't know who I need to see. <laughs> <laughs> so those two and uh, this. Ryan Graves' boy looks like a handsome boy. I'm like oh, trying six to five, two twenty. Good lord. Ooh. Ryan Ryan Graves, Tyson Yost, Nate McKinnon. Go. Oh man. I almost did an overshare and I had to stop myself. If it makes you feel any better, I made Brad do the coaching stuff. I did coaching. listen to that and that was amazing. <laughs> It was the best thing I've ever done in my I life. I was absolutely losing my mind. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think Ryan Graves is out. He does have a good face, I think. But for six, five reasons, we're going to we're gonna have to ditch that. Yeah. Um. Oh, boy. Why, why, this really shouldn't be so hard. It's not. It's Don't not. overthink it, Maddie. You just got to just like, bam, bam, bam. Who are we? Who are you marrying? That's the one. That's the one it all hangs on, in my opinion. The one that you have to look at every day. Just. Yeah. See, I would... First of all, I'd probably kill all of them. They're small children. I can't fuck with any of these dudes. Um, Everybody just immediately eliminated. Yeah, so I would have to... I would probably... I would kill Tyson Yost, but only because he's too pretty for me. (laughs) I would fuck the big boy. And then I would marry Nathan McKinnon because he's, like, super good at hockey. And from what I've heard from everyone that lives here, because everyone here knows everyone else, 
he is like the sweetest boy. So he'd probably be nice to be married to. I accept that answer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I've learned the biggest things that I've learned here are that um, Nathan McKinnon is like the best one. Sidney Crosby, very nice. Brad Marchand, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've learned living in Halifax about the hockey players that are from here. Which, like, honestly, none of that is surprising. No. I need 100% Brad- more details on that, but we can chat about that later. I can tell you. Brad Marchand, every, everyone that I have met that is in, like, my age group or a bit younger, mm-hmm. every single one of them, and I'm not exaggerating, has a story about Brad Marchand being out in downtown Halifax and peeing on or around something. Peeing everywhere, all over the city. I don't understand what his deal is, but apparently he gets drunk and pisses on things. Just it's like not a good brand to have. Round. No, it's not. It sounds pretty gross. And no. then I heard another story from some asshole that I met on one of those stupid dating apps. <laughs> he was like a carpenter, the guy, and he was doing Brad Marchand's steps. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, the construction crew was, like, going in and out of Marchand's house, like, all the time to like do this whatever fucking work they were doing and so one time he was in there like doing shit on the steps and apparently Marshan and his girlfriend were like in the basement and didn't know that the construction people were coming or like they were wasted or something some ridiculous sport but he here comes Brad Marshan out of the basement in a robe with a shotgun because he thought someone was breaking into the house and it was just, like, the guys that he hired to fix his home to a construction <laughs> Oh, God, that's amazing. Yeah, it's actually kind of really satisfying that, like, everything that you would think about Brad Marchand is actually exactly how he yeah. is. Like, it's not, it's not, like, a lot of guys in hockey that you hate on the ice, but then, like, you find out they're actual sweethearts in real life and you would probably love them. Nah, you'd hate Brad Marchand anywhere you found him, I think. (laughs) He's bad and no one should like him and he should feel bad. Maddie, why don't you tell people where they can find you and the stuff that you do on the line? On the line. um, Doing things at Broad Street Hockey, primarily. (laughs) Someday you will do things again at Broad Street Hockey. Oh, yeah. One day. Um, I also do a little bit of work over at Matchsticks and Gasoline, which is our Calgary Flames affiliate. Oh, Cal- wait, we're not wrapping up. We're not we're done. Rewinding. We're rewinding. Why? <laughs> Why the Calgary Flames? So uh, people, so you just told them, but Maddie also writes for the Flames website. So she's doing like Flames analysis and she apparently enjoys watching their hockey games. Why the Calgary Flames? How did this happen? It was the honestly the most random thing. Um, I guess two seasons ago when they made that big trade in the off season for uh, Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin Mm -hmm. um, and then sent Dougie Douglas, if Steph's listening, Hamilton (laughs) (laughs) to Carolina. Um, I, I always really liked both of Lindholm and Hannafin when they were with the Canes and we got to see a lot of them because they're in the division and they, we play them like a bajillion yep. times, it feels like. Um, so I just started watching their preseason games randomly just because I wanted to see 
how they were going to do on the new team and all that. Um, and their games were just so fun that hmm. year. That team was super, super fun. And they ended up being my late game that I would put on if I was working on something else. And it got to this point where I was like, I have a lot of thoughts about this team. <laughs> like, I would like to channel that into something productive. So um, I reached out through Steph to see if like they would be interested cool. in having me contribute occasionally. Yeah, I, guess, I guess if this was during like the dark days of the Flyers, that it would make sense that like watching fun hockey was really attractive (laughs) yeah there was some time that we didn't know what fun hockey was so but yeah actually probably the whole time you've been with us it's not been great huh yeah before this season yeah uh, it's been pretty brutal you had all the dark times (laughs) yeah they did make the playoffs my first they did make the playoff that one time yeah but it didn't go well so (laughs) it's only up from here maddie (laughs) Even though we'll all be fun if it ever comes back. Um, okay, so yeah, go back to telling people where they find you. Uh, yeah, so BSH, Mashsticks and Gasoline. Um, I'm going to be probably posting some more tracking stuff um, on my Twitter. Um, I'm starting a new project that I'm not going to talk about the details Ooh. of just yet. Um, because it's a really big undertaking. And if I have to stop it for some reason, I don't want anybody to yell at me about it. That's a that's a fair. I understand. So, um, but we may be seeing some new things um, cool. either on our site or my Twitter. However, that shakes out. Um, yeah, that's it. Social rule number one, Maddie. Social rule one. Put it on our website. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. This is fun. So much fun. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, Also, be sure to check out, if you're not, I'm sure you are, though, but check out all the other weird stuff that we're doing. It's all a lot of fun. Bill's yelling about sports again. Charlie is talking about music, which might be the only thing that he loves more than hockey. Um, I'm doing this random shit. The Flyperbole boys are doing an extra show, so there's like seven hours of Flyperbole content a week now. So (laughs) that's really fun. But just check it all out. We're having fun doing it, and we want people to listen and have fun and, like, entertain yourself during the dark times. So hopefully we're doing that, but thanks for listening. Go Flyers.